Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're pleased to welcome longtime Cowboys insider Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News. Calvin, what was your perspective on that fourth quarter when it all went completely off the rails for Indianapolis? I was like, Jeff Saturday needs to go back to uh, television because this, this, <laughs> this is a disaster. I mean, they were getting turnovers. I mean, the third string running backs getting a touchdown. Um, it, it was it was it was crazy. Thirty three points, the most ever in franchise history in the fourth quarter. It was wild. I've never seen that before. It's crazy. It definitely happened very quickly too, and they were able to score after every single one of those takeaways, which is huge. When someone asks you to describe the Dallas defense or tell them why the Dallas defense is so good, what do you say, Calvin? I would say they're a very nasty defense because they have a lot of pass rushers. Um, they get after the ball. Uh, they have a defensive coordinator that's not afraid to blitz everybody <laughs> to get after the quarterback. And they got some guys who can make plays on the ball in the secondary, and that's hard to do. Um, so they have a, a lot of great uh, players there. They, they're going to have some issues in the secondary because Anthony Brown apparently tore his Achilles. He's one of the starting corners. Ah. So they're going to have some issues there. But outside of that, they're a fantastic defense. I think one of my favorite things about the defense, too, is that it's not just one or two guys. Now, there may be a couple of stars that people know outside of Dallas, but they've got multiple guys with five-plus sacks. They get after the quarterback from a bunch of different angles, and as you point out, the secondary, even if it does uh, lose a piece, still has guys who can make plays, even if you don't know their names, even if they're not the stars. Oh, yeah, Deron Bland, you know, was this rookie that they fell in love with. They drafted him on the third day of the draft, and they wasn't sure, you know, if he could have an impact, but he had had an impact from day one of, of training camp. And they lost Jordan Lewis early in the season with a foot injury, and they were confident to say, Deron Bland, you're a rookie, Fresno State, we're going to put you behind in the football game. And we expect you to make some plays. And he made two great plays, nice two picks. Uh, and, and they've loved him ever since, since the start of training camp. Calvin, this is a total opinion question, but we know that Dan Quinn was in hot pursuit. Uh, and there were teams that wanted him last year before Jerry Jones made it worth his while to stay in Dallas. Do you anticipate that being the case again with the next NFL head coaching cycle? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Dan Quinn, uh, he could be selective. 
because he coached in Atlanta. He coached the team for the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they, they coughed it up to the, the Patriots. We all understand that. And he's a real, you know, personable guy. He's a smart guy. So, once again, he's going to have his, his choice of, of, of teams to pick from. And I don't know how much more money <laughs> Joe can give this man to stay. But, but last year it was easy to do that. This year's going to be a lot harder, and there's going to be a lot of jobs opening up for Dan Quinn, and he's going to be selective, and he's going to, he's going to get a job, and he's going to take it. Mm. It is interesting, though, that his best his best successes, I would say the best stops on his resume, have been when he's a defensive coordinator. So in Seattle, as well as in Dallas now, Atlanta had a little bit of success, but really his defense was the major issue the entire time he was that coach. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes – and I think he's learned this. Sometimes you got to be the CEO, and you can't be the guy that's calling the defensive signals and all this kind of stuff. And if he gets a second job, which I believe he will, I would think he would say, I'm going to be the CEO. I'm not going to call the defensive plays like I did in Atlanta in the early ah. part of that tenure, and I'm just going to step back like, kind of like Mike McCarthy. Because, you know, Mike McCarthy was a play caller as a head coach for a long time in Green Bay. And then toward the back end of that tenure, he said, you know what? I got to get out of it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> right. And then, then he got back into it a little bit. But I think he's seen Mike McCarthy here in Dallas not calling the plays and just be a game manager is a lot easier to handle. So I, I, I think that would be the next step for Dan Quinn. That would, if he gets a job, wherever it may be, Arizona, who knows, you know, um, that he'll say, I'm just managing the game. Calvin Watkins is with us from Dallas or AT&T Stadium where Sunday night football turned into uh, it turned into a lopsided victory by the Cowboys with 33 points in the fourth quarter. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I was just saying here on the show, Calvin, that I really like the Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, one-two punch, the balance, the way that they have been since Zeke got healthy. What do those two guys have to say about splitting carries and splitting touchdowns and splitting the load? Doc Prescott said it best about both of those guys. He said they have zero egos. And when you talk to Zeke and you talk to uh, Pollard, those guys are like, look, I want the other guy to do well, you know, because that makes us better as a team. And Tony Pollard, he's had to answer questions about his durability since he got in the NFL out of college because no one thought – this man could carry the ball more than 15 times in a game, and he's done it. You know, he carried 21 times about three weeks ago. And so he's answered those questions. He's got a contract year. Zeke's got his money. He's got a busted <laughs> knee, and Zeke's still out there running around. And those guys just they enjoy being around each other. Zeke is encouraging Tony. Tony's encouraging Zeke. It's a really good thing to see because there are no egos in that running back room. Now, today there was an issue because Jerry Jones told us after the game that the reason why Tony Pollard started tonight was because Zeke Elliott had a discipline problem. Apparently, Zeke, now Jerry was, was a little fuzzy on the details, but um, Jerry was like, hey, I think either the phone went off in a meeting or he was tardy for a meeting, one wow. of the two. So, but outside of that, that little hiccup tonight or whatever that was, um, those guys have been great. 
I don't know that I've ever seen or that I do see a guy in the NFL these days take more advantage of the opportunities when they're presented to them to him than Tony Pollard. You mentioned the lack of ego. I mean, the guy will do whatever the team asks him to do, whenever the team asks him to do it, and he he capitalizes. He's a carpe diem guy. Seize the day and just do it. <laughs> he, he's been so he's been so great in that role for the Cowboys the last couple of years. Yeah, you know he had. To- a similar role when he was in college at the University of Memphis. He was like the number two guy there. And then the Cowboys drafted him, and they said, well, you can be the number two guy here behind Zeke Elliott. And I remember when he was drafted, Stephen Jones had said, he, he could be our Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara, hmm. a guy that we can throw out of the backfield, a guy that we can give, you know, we can give Zeke a break, and he can carry the load for maybe a couple of series, especially at the start of the second half. And that's what they've done. And now this season he's really emerged – as a guy who you could say, hey, you could be running back number one, we can give you the ball 18 times a game, and you and we'll be okay. And that's the, the, the best thing about what Tony Pollard has been able to prove to not only the Cowboys, everybody else, because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year, and the Cowboys are going to have to make a, a serious decision about whether or not they want to bring him back or not. All right, Calvin, the million-dollar question. We know Odell Beckham Jr. had his tour late last week with the Bills, the Giants, the Cowboys. What's the latest? The Cowboys are going to host Odell Beckham tomorrow. He's going to get into town at some point in the morning. Uh, he's going to have a steak dinner somewhere. <laughs> he might even he might, he's getting a lot of steak. He got some steak in New York. In, both, in New York, with the Giants and the Bills, and uh, the Cowboys are planning to give him a steak dinner up here to show him what, uh, what, what, what the meat is like in Texas. Uh, he might go to the Mavericks game tomorrow. The Mavericks play the Phoenix Suns. And Dak Prescott said, hey, if, that, if, um, if Odell wants to go, I'll get him a suite. But he also knows Odell likes to sit courtside, but Dak's more <laughs> of a sweet guy. So Dak said we'll have to work something out. But Odell's coming here. Now the big question for the Cowboys is, do they want Odell Beckham to work out? And Jerry Jones and I think others in the organization would love for that to happen, but I don't think it will happen. So the, the, the problem is, do you want to sign this guy without him working out? Mm. Yes, you're going to take the physical and the doctor's going to, you know, look at that joint and all those kinds of things, but do you want to sign him without seeing him move around on the football field? And Jerry Jones said, I am okay being uncomfortable in signing this. But I think the the big thing is he has to pass a physical and the money has to make sense. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next, Calvin. Mm -hmm. What can the Cowboys offer him in terms of money that's commensurate with, say, the Bills and the Giants? Well, the Cowboys have about $6.5 million uh, available under the cap. So this year would be, say, we'll give you $3 million and call it a day. But Odell Beckham wants a multi-year deal. He does. So the, the issue is the second year. Like how much do you pay Odell Beckham in year two? And so that's where the money gets a little fuzzy. The Cowboys who are going to be cap-strapped next year as well because they have this guy in Dak Prescott. He's going to take a lot of the cap space as well next year. And as well, the left tackle, Tyron Smith. So they're going to have some serious decisions to make on their cap. So how much do you want to pay Odell Beckham in year two? Now, remember, they cut, excuse me, they traded Amari Cooper this past year because he was going to make $20 million in their cap. So if you don't want to pay Amari Cooper $20 million, 
do you want to pay Odell Beckham twenty million dollars mm. in twenty twenty three? And I and the answer is no. So they're going to have to come to some sort of agreement to say we'll give you three million dollars this year. Maybe next year we we'll give you twelve million dollars, and with incentives, maybe you can get to twenty million dollars. You know, so we'll see what happens. But I'll be. The Cowboys are going to have egg on their face if they can't sign Odell Beckham because of all the teams that have talked about him, the Cowboys have been at the front of the list right. lobbying for Odell Beckham. Not to mention the courting of Jerry Jones, who's been uh, reaching out to him uh, on the sly, even so his quarterback didn't know. All right, Calvin, ever since I found out we were going to have you on the show, I was thinking, oh. ooh, I can't wait to ask him his opinion to what's happening in the NFC. I call it the NFC beast now because it's the best division in football. The Eagles, the Cowboys at the top and a putrid tie between the Giants and the Commanders (laughs) today. However, this is one hell of a division. Where did this come from? I I know it it is weird. Remember, we all thought the uh, NFC West was going to be like the best division in football. Was it (laughs) NFC West or the NFC West? I can't remember. But the, the NFC East is, is crazy because I thought Washington, I'm surprised Ron Rivera is still around, but he's doing a hell of a job down there in D.C. And the Eagles, a lot of people were a little suspect on the Eagles, but they had a great draft. They made a great trade. They got A.J. Brown from Tennessee. And their quarterback is playing out of his mind. And the Giants are also playing out of their mind. I think early in the season when Brian Dayball, you know, went for on fourth down in, that, in the season opener and they went and they've been on a roll and then they lost to the, to the Cowboys early in the season, but that hasn't stopped them. So the division has been kind of crazy. Dallas went 4-1 without Dak Prescott. Unbelievable. <laughs> the best division of football. I watched the end of that Giants and Commanders game today, and I was like, oh, my goodness. But that game, to me, said the Giants and, and Washington are out of it. You know, they're, they're on the back end now of the playoff picture. So that tie kind of hurt both of those teams. And I don't know if the Cowboys can catch the Eagles right now, but I, I definitely see maybe three teams making a playoffs from the division. Ooh. Uh, you mentioned the Cowboys going 4-1 and one without Dak, so just a follow-up there. Do you think Cooper will stay, Cooper Rush will stay with Dallas? Uh, I think Cooper's going to be looking for a big paycheck from somebody. Right. You know, these teams are so desperate for quarterbacks, and, and they saw that 4-1 and one stretch with Cooper Rush, and, that, and someone's going to say, hey, I I think he can help us, and they'll sign him. Um, now, I don't know how much money he'll get, but uh, the Cowboys do like Will Greer, who's their number three quarterback, and he came out of Florida. And, I, and at some point during training camp, Will Greer was ahead of Cooper Rush on the depth chart, and then ah. Will Greer hurt his groin, and, that, and he was out. So that gave Cooper Rush a chance to kind of surpass Will Greer on the depth chart and win the number two job. So if the Cowboys lose Cooper Rush, I think – they're okay with that because they really like Will Greer, who's their number three guy right now. Gotcha. Great information from Cowboys insider Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News. And uh, we got the OBJ. We got the uh, Cooper Rush story. We also get the insight on that running back room with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott after a big victory by Dallas. You can find him on Twitter at Calvin Watkins. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. I appreciate you. You take it easy, guys. Thanks so much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 